When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 7 through 12 of The Tyrant's Tomb. Alright, just um, something that came up and it's because we talked about it we're gonna talk about it in this episode but basically talking about the undead and zombies and stuff Mm. i just got an email from um alexis from the east coast very proud of the Mm. east coast basically talking about ants because you know we talk about ants we get stuck (laughs) on the ant mommy but basically they went and um researched some ants facts i guess and found out about ants can become zombies yeah that's what the last of us was based on yes and so that's what they mentioned too and i was just like oh this is perfect to talk about the undead so what if like i have a theory that Mm. a tarquin who is supposed to be tarquinius whatever is supposed to be like this um undead lord over the like over all these zombies he's actually just a giant mushroom Ooh, okay. Okay. And so when yes. Apollo meets him, he just has to, you know, give him too much sunlight and mm. move him from his moist tomb into a dry area. Mm. And yes. then all the dead are going to die properly. I was reading that it's actually, like, it's not likely, but it could be possible for the, the cordyceps mushroom to start attacking humans with climate change but we'd have to get like quite a bit hotter but you know at the rate we're going and that's relevant because of the last book the burning maze oh climate but they solved it wasn't real until that book and then they solved it yes they solved it yeah you don't have to be worried about it at all we don't yeah yeah Mm -hmm. he solved it by basically telling helios like giving helios therapy he gave him permission to take a nap. Yeah. So we have, what yeah. we have to do is we have to go to the sun. Mm, okay. And therapize it a little bit. That sounds like a big job. You just like, like take how do you a get megaphone. trained in that? How do you get, what kind of train, like what kind of therapy does it need? Is this like trauma informed? <laughs> is it doing like, what is that? Uh, brain spotting? Because a sun sp- sun spotting, <laughs> brain spotting. These <laughs> all my therapy jokes that I know. Of. I'm like, what types of therapy are there? There's that See, this eye is thing. How little I don't. I didn't know there were other types of therapy. I'm like counseling. You just need some counseling. <laughs> <laughs> there's still one. There's like an eye therapy where you close your eyes. I don't actually understand it, but I know it's like called like EMDR. But it just. I always think it's like. electronic dance music (laughs) (laughs) someone listening to this is gonna who's been to fan like those fancier cool therapy oh there's electric shock therapy that could work on the sun sun. (laughs) electric shock therapy (laughs) yeah i think that could work Wait, is this, is this like closing your eyes therapy? Is this like there's prompting you to take a nap? nap? Yeah. No, that's so, it's something about eye movements. I actually don't know if you close your eyes. You just move your eyes and it's something you see pictures. I don't know. You see, you're dreaming? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, it's a thing. I think it's like a, a harder, it's like a not all insurance covers this kind of therapy. Yeah, thing, as know? an insurance provider, but like you want me to pay you to take a nap. <laughs> But who knows? It could work. I don't I know. Mean, who knows? I don't know you anyone know? personally who's... Actually, no, someone in call. I went to college with talked about it in a class once and said it changed her life. Oh, good for her. But I don't know what happened old. to her. She kind of disappeared. <laughs> like, <laughs> she kind of, like, dropped out of our cohort. Oh, my God. 
And then, no, like, that's not great endorsement for EDM therapy. It's not. <laughs> Skrillex. No, that's dubstep. I'm thinking of dubstep, not even EDM. Like, Skrillex is there. You don't know your EDM. I don't know my EDM. It's very mm. European. What is EDM? EDM. I mean, I it's not it was that like it's... rave music. Yeah, but the Europeans, they love their rave music. Do they? they? Love their, like, Europeans, EDM. chime in, you know? Let us know. Do, Do we you have love a lot of Europeans? Music? Actually, yeah. That's so fun. Tell I me know. about your rave music. And your health care. <laughs> Does your health care cover EDM therapy? <laughs> For the sun. For the sun, yeah. This maybe is relevant. We can, maybe if we use, you know, universal health care to fight mm. climate change, this is every conservative's, like, deepest darkest nightmare do you think being a zombie is a pre-existing condition <laughs> i mean yeah because you're dead and being dead is a pre-existing condition that's true but i think choose you're choosing to be alive again so i feel like they say but that's are a they choice. choosing you know i feel like is insurance companies would say yes it's a i mean yeah that's true <laughs> so if they were in europe the zombies would have health care <laughs> Oh, I don't God. know what's happening. <laughs> the heat is making us lose our minds a little bit. I have air conditioning. I don't know. <laughs> I can't blame the heat. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So to summarize what we're going to talk about a little bit, we're going to get a little bit more information on our enemy, and we're going to prepare for mm-hmm. a quest. It's going to be a fun time, except that there's also a funeral, so that's a bummer. The funeral really came out of left field. Like, <laughs> I was, I forgot. I thought we sang our song and we were moved on. I know. I mean, yeah. It's like, yes, I am also sad that Jason has died. Yes. But this is like, this is dragging out. This is also because I think. <laughs> I think because I'm not loud. Like, whereas Percy Jackson and all the other ones, I'm, you know, I can read it like half the book in a sitting and like mm. go do my chapters or like, because I've had previous reading experiences with it whereas this is i'd like i have to stop so i'm reading in these incremental chunks yeah and so this feels like it's taken a week so jason's <laughs> death has taken over a month well okay <laughs> is that the timeline when you have to move I'm on i'm not grieving anymore you get two days <laughs> three days three business prepaid bereavement days for for Apollo, the Romans yeah. probably abide by capitalism a lot. So I feel like they love capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And wolves. And All wolves. Right. We'll get back to the wolves. We'll the think about the, the wolves are coming back. <laughs> okay, I've got chapters seven through nine. A lot of weird things happen. Like these <laughs> chapters were like whiplash. Um. So chapter seven. Nice stroll into town. Happy birthday to Lester. Here's some gift-wrapped pain. Me waking up on my birthday <laughs> in my late 20s now. <laughs> but Why is my back hurt? <laughs> it's definitely because my dogs sleep in bed, but, you know. <laughs> you can't disturb them. I can't so you're move. just like, crunched in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Well, where we left off, Frank is uh, taking Apollo on a little walk through New Rome. And also, Frank immediately somehow clocks that there's a vibe between Reyna and Apollo, which is, like, (laughs) Apollo must have been drooling over her or something. Very obvious about it. Really uncomfortable. But it does bring back a memory to Apollo. He remembers, as a god, Venus slash Aphrodite banning him from going anywhere near Reyna um, and, like, humiliating him in front of the Olympians, which I'm just like... That's great. That that means he was like ogling her as a god, and I don't want to think about that because like Lester's romantic thoughts are not as creepy because it's a kid's book, but you know yeah. God's romantic thoughts are are predatory. And he's like Reyna's at most sixteen, right? Yeah, For I think she's Percy's romant- age, right? Yeah, to be like romantically interested in Percy and not mm-hmm. look at him as a child, she has yeah. to be at most sixteen. Yeah, 16 or maybe 17, 17. but not any older, yeah. And if, like, we're thinking this is back 
at least like maybe reign us 15 14 when apollo's like drool yeah no thank you nothing no thank you. you didn't need to know that um, but Apollo denies to Frank that anything's going on with Reyna, and also, like, nothing is going on. He just thinks she's pretty or something. <laughs> and then they start talking about the previous battle. Frank says that if it hadn't been for Leo warning them in time, because as we remember in book two, there was the whole, like, bodies in the Tiber prophecy, and so Leo was like, I'm gonna go fly there by myself, because you guys all slow me down on Festus, and so I guess he got there with, like, 24-hour notice. But Apollo still feels bad about it, because he's like, well, it's all my fault, which is true, because all of this is happening because of Apollo. Yeah. Um, but Frank says they would have been totally decimated if they hadn't been warned, but still, a lot of people died. They were attacked by the zombie-esque Vrikolokai. Mm. I think I'm just going to call them zombies. Yeah. Hundreds of them, and they were deterred only by fresh water. And they also... <laughs> Taking a bath. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh god, our stinkiness. <laughs> How to get rid of zombies 101. You give them a bath. He's like, he says, he's like, fire didn't do anything. But, but baths. <laughs> fresh, it's going to be fresh water. The amount of Brita filters they went through. Phenomenal. <laughs> That's how you fight zombies. Why didn't they do that? And I actually, well, I know the creators of The Last of Us are really like, they're not zombies. <laughs> like, okay, they're zombies. Okay, sure. Shut yeah. up. It's the same. It's the concept, the undead. But they're not dead. Whatever. Mm. Um, and I'm just like having a debate with myself <laughs> here. Playing both sides. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have an exact count on how many have died because all their bodies disappeared which is fun they were either dragged back by the zombies Jesus swallowed Christ. by the ground or like drowned in the river so they don't know what happened but this means apollo's like they're probably going to come back as enemies they are then stopped by terminus that annoying border god statue man who forces apollo to show identification and through which we learn that it's actually almost lester's birthday which is april 8th how does it feel to have Lester share a star sign with you? Honestly, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, reading from Apollo's point of view, and I was just like, oh my god, it's an Aries. It's one of us. <laughs> You're like, we claim him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to claim him, but I yeah. claim him. Yeah, the, the yeah, I can see it. Which is how the I energy. feel about most Aries that I meet, where I meet them, and I'm like, god, you're so much... But I also understand because I am so much. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I don't really have any Virgo friends. <laughs> that's very Virgo of you. <laughs> I know. There can only be one. No, I actually know. Virgo women are great. Virgo men. Mm. Mm, I agree. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I've only known one personally. <laughs> Facing my whole assessment on that. This one Virgo man just sucked and ruined it for all Virgo men. <laughs> Truly. Well, uh, Lester, Apollo, is confused by April 8th being his birthday because he's like, I was actually born on the seventh day of the seventh month in the seventh year of time ever. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, and that doesn't translate to modern day months. Um, and at first he's like, why would Zeus choose this? Like, is he making fun of me? What does it mean? Or he remembers the mention of like the blood moon coming in five days, which is about April 8th. So he's like, oh, is it a warning? Maybe like the birth date was a warning of something happening that day from Zeus or a threat. Zeus could go either way. Frank then continues to lead Apollo into New Rome to meet with Tyson and Ella. They arrive at a quaint-looking bookstore where Tyson answers the door and announces that he's getting a tattoo. <laughs> this was the chapter I was like, what is happening? And then it's like, funeral. <laughs> tattoo funeral. Oh, yeah. So, chapter eight. Tattoos. Get yours now. Free. Wherever books are sold. Also a large cat. This, this chapter, I didn't have a lot of summary for this. It was just mostly weird. It was just yeah, vibes. just a lot of weird vibes. Yeah, so like he goes into this uh, bookstore, which is now where Tyson and Ella are living, 
since the owner of the bookstore died in the battle. I just casually <laughs> mentioned that. They've, like, taken over his store as their home. I'm like, where were they living before that? I don't know. But uh, they've also transformed it into a tattoo parlor. <laughs> so much is going on here. Tyson has been- Tyson is covered in words also all over his body of what they can see. He's not wearing a shirt. And uh, also there's a cat that lives there. That's mentioned. Uh, Ella is very much in her own mind, as she usually is when they arrived. She's kind of scattered, she's muttering words to herself, and then randomly tattooing them on Tyson's skin, where she's like, oh, I need to write this one down, and it's like, Tyson, come here. And Tyson's like, okay. And like, she- why can't they use, like, a mechanical, like, our number two pencil on a paper? Like, I understand, like, at one point, Ella says, like, oh, you know, I have to. Based off of the prophecy, I have yeah. to tattoo this onto my boyfriend's body. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, it doesn't have to happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently it does. Because she's been rewriting the entire sibling books on his skin. Um, and like you said, she says the only way she can record the wo- record the words in the right order are on living skin. But I'm like, I don't think they're in the right order. Like, she has <laughs> to have an index to find where everything is. <laughs> but Apollo asks if she found anything useful going through the prophecies that's relevant. And she says, yep, found the tomb. Death, death, death. Lots of death. I did want to talk about in this chapter because I can't remember if it was something that you brought up, if it's something that a listener brought up, or something someone guesting on the pod brought up. I don't remember where it came from. But when we discussed in PJO, like, Tyson and Cyclops and Annabeth's fear of Cyclops Mm. being kind of, like, racially motivated in this world Mm -hmm. almost, and Apollo's monologue about how he's like, oh, I don't like Cyclops. I killed a bunch of them, but then I also fought next to them because some of them are okay when they're being productive. Tyson is fine because he's like, brings something to the table, but I don't really type, like, Cyclops are stinky. I don't really like them. I don't yeah. vibe. And I was just He's like, like I didn't want to see Tyson without a shirt, and I'm like, yeah. bold coming from you. <laughs> I know. And I was just like, okay, this is an interesting, like, now obviously I don't know if that was the, what, what Rick meant the perspective to be which is a hard hit because apollo already has like done war crimes and assault yeah. so like mm-hmm. adding racism on top of that, that's <laughs> where i draw the line and yeah. uh, i was like okay interesting but it was idea, an interesting take it was mm-hmm. an interesting take so it was it was an, an interesting lens to read that chapter with where i was like openly cringing a little bit every time he was like being problematic about cyclops yeah, and like I is just too something that we know too well. Yes, exactly. Like he spends a while kind of like describing their smell and their skin and their their look, and it's a little. It feels very othering and strange. Yes, exactly. Yeah, especially since the whole plot of like the second PJO book was like, except who's different. And then yeah. Rick, I think, forgot that he wrote that. <laughs> he was like, haha, monsters are funny. Well, to be fair, I, you assume that Apollo, who was a former god and, like, you know, just mm-hmm. murdering Cyclops and thinks he's the best of the best, is going to be racist. Even though he will go out of his way to talk about how he personally thinks slavery is wrong. <laughs> but and being gay. I forgot about okay. that. Yeah, yeah, he does. He wants to make sure we know, you know? I know. Oh, but yeah, that part was really cringy to read his, uh, his biases against, and also, why is he only like them if they're being productive? That's really capitalist of you, Apollo. Yeah, bit problematic. Yeah. On that note, (laughs) it's time for a funeral. (laughs) So we have chapter nine. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today because... Hera stinks. Amen. But first we still have to be, for some reason, in that moment with Tyson. 
getting tattooed. Um, and Ella is like, I actually have an index here on Tyson's thigh. Do you want to see it? And Apollo's like, no, thank you. <sighs> and then she found a line about Tarquin using the index. And it says, a wild cat near the spinning lights, the tomb of Tarquin with her horses bright to open his door to 54. Again with the horses. Incitatus wishes he was there to see horses bright. <laughs> They think that this must be describing a place, which Ella guesses is nearby, uh, since the whole zombie thing is going on, and suggests that they should go to it, but she says specifically just to look around, not to kill Tarquin, because he's too dangerous and, like, they need more of a plan. They then leave to let Ella and Tyson work, and Frank leads Apollo to Evening Muster, where the Legion has assembled for a funeral procession. Reyna asks Apollo to act as high priest, seeing as their last high priest was Octavian, and, like, the next in line would have been Jason. Rough. I think it's, like, a cursed role a little bit I know. now. So, Apollo has to officiate with the proper Roman invocation. As they carry Jason down the road to Temple Hill, Apollo reflects on his promise to Jason to remember what it's like to be a human when he returns to being a god. He also, he doesn't reflect for too long. It's like a paragraph. And then he's like, well, also I have pressing things going on. And he thinks about the prophecy line from Ella and Tarquin's connection to the Sibylline books. And then is struck by a realization, which he doesn't make us privy to. He's like, no, I need to focus on other things. But we know he's remembered some memory from being a god or made some connection. They arrive at Temple Hill, where an elaborate wooden pyre and a blazing torch waits at Jupiter's temple. No Roman funeral is complete without a final meal for the departed, so then wind spirits swirl about, setting up food and drink for the mourners. Apollo asks Reyna if they had any luck notifying Jason's family, aka Talia, the only family he had left, which is really sad, uh, but with all the communication problems going on, they hadn't been able to get in contact with her or the hunters. Apollo then begins to recite the Latin ritual verses, and the ori begin to distribute the feast, and the pyre is lit. A ton of wolves emerge from the gloom. Mother Lupa and her wolf pack are there to say bye to Jason, or just to talk to Apollo, because Lupa then fixes Apollo with her eyes and gives him a simple order, come. She beckons him to have a private word while all the others get the feast started. I do think it's interesting. This is a bit off topic. I do think okay. it's interesting that um, so many cultures, like most cultures, have a food aspect when it comes to like, mm. burial rites. Yeah. And it's like, how do we feed the mourners? How do we... Which is like, one, it's like emotional labor for the person who's just the family of those who've lost. Because mm. they're like, oh, I have to now prepare food for other people to come and witness this death. Yeah. And it's also very interesting because it's also like very much like we're still celebrating life. We're still eating. We're still here. But mm -hmm. then it's also the other end of it where I'm like, for me personally, when I'm grieving or I'm stressed or upset, I can't eat. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that you then have the feast is just like, oh, God, imagine being like a poor person. You're putting all your money into this feast in like the yeah. Roman times. And you don't have your food, you know, food insecurity and all this stuff. And you have to eat. And you're like, you know, mom just died. Like, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. The eating, it's so interesting. I feel like it's in different contexts because it feels celebratory almost to eat. Yeah. Which is like a lot of people have like celebrations of life instead of a funeral. And I feel like I'm more comfortable like eating and celebrating at a funeral if it's like the person passed peacefully or something. But it feels it's a very uncomfortable thing if it's like not a not that any death is good, but it feels very uncomfortable to be like celebrating when it's like, you know, Jason was stabbed multiple <laughs> and, times. Like a child yeah. multiple times and it's like, oh yay, let's all celebrate his life, but there's like this looming like, well he didn't actually get to complete his life. Yeah, but again, mm. apparently, quote the fault his fault in our stars. Oh, again. Yeah, mourning <laughs> is for and what is it? No graves. What was this? I no, said it. it's funerals. Are funerals for the, for the living. Thing. So we're gonna mm -hmm. eat and apparently talk to wolves. So as one does at a funeral. Yeah. Um, of my notes on this, oh, my only note that I had that I haven't mentioned, um, 
Tyson does ask for a tattoo of specifically of his friend Rainbow the fish pony. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot about Rainbow. How could I? And Ella's like, no, I'm writing words on you. And he's Which like, okay. Which is so sad. <laughs> he, like, the one thing he asked for is she's like writing her books onto him is the pony. <laughs> oh, Tyson. Oh, Tyson. An interesting relationship. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Moving on. I have chapters 10 through 12. So chapter 10. Sing it with me. Who's afraid of the big good wolf? Me. That would be me. Apollo can apparently understand wolf because of the time that he spent. <laughs> Don't get into it. Like, Is he what? a furry now? <laughs> Why do we all speak wolf? He's like, oh, I can understand wolf because of the traveling and this time that I spent with my sister and her pack. Hmm. And he's like, it's all about body language and then interpretation of said body language. So here he is having a weird body language conversation with an angry and hungry wolf. Lupa is devastated and furious that her children have been slaughtered because she considers most of Rome like her children. Um, And obviously there's been a battle. A lot of them have been dead and are now zombies. But specifically Jason, she like raised herself. So she's pretty mad. And so it's impeded her ability to hunt and therefore eat, which makes her angrier because she's hungrier and her hungry, her anger makes her hungrier. And so it's a vicious cycle. And so Paul is keeping his distance because he's like, I probably look like a good snack right now. Lupa tells Apollo that it is his time. He mm. conveys to her that he's scared, but Lupa tells him it's his time to be specifically Apollo, not Lester, that his pack needs him. She says the pack is weak and that too many have died, which would have been a good number for you, Lupa, to have died. Like, too many? Okay. Like, calm down. <laughs> when the enemy surrounds the place, she says, when the enemy surrounds this place, you must show strength and summon help. She tells him to go north and scout the tomb and find answers. She warns him of the tomb, saying that the other emperors, the triumvirate, were foolish to ask for this enemy's help. Which I was like... Has she? Did she look at Commodus's battle with all <laughs> the basketballs falling down? He clearly does not use critical thinking. No, he is foolish. He's the definition of foolish. Yes, and displays it quite openly. It's not hard yeah. to deduce that he's foolish. He owns it. His brand is foolish. Yeah, same, honest. I mean, <laughs> we are all clowns in this car going all, nowhere. Oh, it's cute. This Thank car you. of life. This car of life. Clown car of life. <laughs> Lupa tells Apollo that once he explores the tomb, the next steps will be clearer. He will need to defeat the god of silence and summon help. Apollo realizes that Lupa is talking about godly help. So he's like, I'll be able to contact his like siblings and his, his family somehow. And that basically makes him more excited than scared. Lupa gives Apollo her blessing and sends him back to rejoin the feast. At the feast, Apollo fills Reina and Frank in about his conversation with Lupa. He then joins Meg on a picnic blanket to eat and watch Jason burn, I guess. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's not funny, but it is. kind of funny. Meg has apparently spent a wonderful day with Lavina. No, that's not right. Lavinia. Lavinia. I've forgotten I in there. I was like, Lavinia's not right. So Meg has apparently spent a wonderful day with Lavinia, taking care of unicorns. Apollo has been dealing great. with wolves. I know. She tells Apollo to sleep, and she's like, we have a Senate meeting in the morning, and Apollo will need to have a plan ready by then to present. Chapter 11. Dirt and bubblegum. Lavinia brought enough for the whole Senate. Apollo has a nightmare about the origins of the Book of Sibylline. He introduces us to Tarquinius, an intense and brutal emperor who got his throne by basically having his wife run over the king, who is his wife's father and his father-in-law, with her chariot in front of the Senate. He basically walks up to the Senate and says, the king is dead, make me your king instead. And the king shows up and is like, I'm actually not dead. And then he's promptly <laughs> run over by his daughter. <laughs> oh. like, okay. <laughs> So here in the dream, Tarquinius is much older and his manly good looks have deteriorated greatly, implying that actually leadership is hard. (laughs) And so it's kind of taken his beauty away from him. An old woman is standing in front of the king and um, holding about six books. 
It's the Cumian Sibyl. Apollo is like assaulted with feelings of seeing this woman again. <laughs> he up until this moment, even though we've been mentioning the books of Sibylline nonstop, has forgotten that he actually cursed the original Sibyl. And um, she basically used to be considered a great beauty, but due to some miscommunication, he doesn't. He kind of downplays it and. Basically, she tried to go off on her own and do her own interpretation of the book. Also, Apollo kind of lets it on that he really wanted to, as he quotes, get with her. Mm. But she refuses hurt him and he threw a fit and cursed her for eternity. He's like feeling guilt now as a mortal because he doesn't feel guilt as an immortal. And um, yeah, so we, you know, see more of Apollo just being the worst. Yeah. The Sibyl, basically back to the dream, the Sibyl is offering the books to the Emperor of Rome, but she's like, now even a higher price than when she had nine of them. She essentially is driving up the market cost. She's (laughs) like, I keep burning these books and keep driving up the price because there's less of them to be offered until you accept them. When the Emperor refuses to accept her offer again, she throws three more books into the fire. All the senators are watching this interaction and they're losing their mind. The emperor is the high priest of all of Rome. So he has this like obligation to honor prophecies and try to collect as much information about prophecies related to Rome as possible. So he is kind of has his hands tied. So Tarquinius has to accept the still high price for the books and Sybil disappears with a flashbang. Apollo wakes up to Meg giving him a toga sheet Apollo has to be dressed in order to give his speech and plan to the Senate. Do you remember <laughs> Nico's black toga sheet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I miss he it. it special made. Oh, I, I love miss Nico. Him. Miss mm. him. Can't wait for the sun and stars. Yeah. Apollo and... The, oh, sorry. Meg and Apollo find Lavinia sitting in the back of the huge Senate house and they join her. She's chewing her gum and being nosy. And noisy, which is what I wrote. We also <laughs> learn that she's the daughter of... Terps, terpsichore, the muse of dance, which is funny since Lavinia has ne- is neither nimble nor graceful. <laughs> Lavinia asks Apollo about his weird tensions with Reyna. Like everyone Why? has noticed this. Was Even he just Meg like has drooling? He must like, have been. He must have had like something going on. They're just like you've been just staring at her and like drooling openly. Meg has noticed it. Meg doesn't notice anything. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> But obviously, Apollo refuses to comment. Reyna, meanwhile, is trying to give a welcome speech and get the Senate going, but Lavinia's outwardly talking to <laughs> Apollo and asking him questions, and they're just gossiping about Lavinia's family and Apollo's feelings for Reyna. And so she calls out Lavinia. She's like, Can you have anything to share with the class? <laughs> she then calls Apollo to come down and give his speech. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. I now have a plan to make a plan concerning the plan for my plan. Which is pretty good. (laughs) Apollo gracefully trips over his toga and also Lavinia's foot on the way down to give his speech. It's not inspiring much confidence to the rest of the the basically brutalized Roman population. Mm. Apollo turns to the crowd and essentially gives them a rundown of everything going on. The triumvirate, the impeding attack on the blood moon and Lester's birthday. Tarquin, the proud, who has now clearly come back as some undead creature who can control the dead. He tells them about Ella's progress on the Sibylline books and how that probably was a trigger for Tarquin to come out of hiding. He has some connection to the book, the, the books and Sybil itself. He then tells them about um, his plan that he and Meg need to go to the tome and poke around. That way, they may be able to summon some divine help, so when the attack does happen, everyone is hopefully not slaughtered. Apollo is also privately wondering if his birthday is a deadline for him to be able to turn back into a god. He has some hope that maybe it's a chance for him to become god again, like this is the end of his mortal time, his next birthday is his birth back into being immortal, or it's just like the deadline, like he can no longer be immortal after this point. He is not sure. Based on the prophecy Ella gave them from the books, Lavinia is able to deduce that the tomb is at Wildcat Drive at Tilden Park near the carousel. She's like, those are the, the horses that are lit. <laughs> go Wildcats. No, 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 go. 
<laughs> Hazel volunteers herself, vengeance on her mind, and Meg and Apollo are supposed to make three. But Meg brings up the point that Apollo's actually a servant <laughs> and therefore not a full person. Oh my god! Like so they need another. Raina, who has been it, it, like really irritated by Lavinia and her gum chewing, volunteers <laughs> her, and the Senate gives its final approval for the quest. All right. So my notes. Um, I don't like this weird tension between Raina and Apollo. I don't want mm-hmm. a romance between a god and a child. Anubis mm-hmm. was already enough for me. Oh my god. That was so hard to read at the time, and I've heard it's age, it's aged. Poorly, so yeah i read those as an as an adult like a year <laughs> ago and i like they're not bad they're fun books but i think i can't like they just didn't age super well the yeah. romance between like a 13 year old and a god is not great no to read yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she's mature for age. Like, shut up mm, okay <laughs> she's not really no <laughs> No one Based on her actions. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's not a yeah. real thing. Um, I So my prediction is I think the godly help is either going to be Artemis or Hades. Hades mm. is because they're fighting the undead, and I feel mm. like he's not, like, or like, what is his name? What's the Roman equivalent? Pluto. Pluto. Right? Pluto's yeah. not going to be happy that Tarquinius is like doing this. Also, our, um, Apollo has mentioned Hades quite a bit. It'll give an opening for mm. Nico to come back to if Hades pops up, which I mean, I miss him. So, you know, that'd be nice. Artemis would be useful because it'd give an opportunity for Talia to just come back and unleash all mm. of her anger. I think it'd be weird for Rick not to show us her reaction to finding out Jason's dead mm-hmm. and, I, and getting some kind of closure, but... You know, not it, I just I uh, what I do know it's not Jupiter. Even though his kids are dropping yeah. the flies, like it should be him. It's yeah. not gonna be him. Mm-hmm. Um, Lavinia and Meg are too chaotic to be in the same room. Like when I'm reading <laughs> yeah. them, I'm like, oh god, imagining them like as Apollo. I feel for him being mm-hmm. like, in a group project with both Lavinia and Meg. You're just kind of like, please, someone do some work. <laughs> And they're both, Minnie is like, look at my unicorns. And Meg is like, I will Lit. do, no, you're my servant. I won't do not anything. Yeah. You're not a person. Jesus. Um, Frank is giving me, I'm not sure how I got this promotion, but I'll fake it till I make it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, I, so he's, yeah, he's somehow now the traitor and trying his best. And I appreciate that of him. But it's very much, he's still like, you know, a child. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was just, like, reading through this. I'm like, Apollo is, like, an, a rapist and a war criminal and just, like, pretty rough around the edges, not going to lie. So I was like, yeah. an alternative storyline, which has been so funny, is if this entire series was just a trial. <laughs> <laughs> they are the trials. The trials, the trials of, Apollo. of Apollo. is actually him having to, like, talk to a jury of his peers and mm. explain himself, but as a mortal of what he did and how his explanation for them and then going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Just Children's books, books are... they don't hold their their heroes accountable for war crimes unless really it's Animorphs. Do they go to jail? The Animorphs, Animorphs get tried by the UN in the last book. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a trial. It's in like Geneva. <laughs> They commit war crimes when I thought you were joking. They literally go on trial for war crimes. Well, one of them does, the like leader of the Animorphs. And oh honestly, I think he deserves it. The way I cackled. <laughs> I'm so sorry for no, those like, who had Animorphs to was brave enough to uh, <laughs> violate the teenagers on, on trial. <laughs> There's actually a quote in one of the books where one of the characters says like screw the geneva convention or something (laughs) it's like (laughs) quote direct quote (laughs) oh my god okay um crying a little bit thank you so much for that you're welcome you're welcome (laughs) all right well that's my prediction (laughs) my prediction is that apollo (laughs) goes on trial in front of the u.n 
<laughs> That's actually what his final trial is. <laughs> it's to go on trial for... Well, but all the gods should be on trial. I this, know. Like, I feel like of the gods... Apollo's not great, like, canonically. Yes. Not just in this, but, like, in the, uh, the pantheon, that's the word, of Greek gods. All yeah. of the men suck. The women, women aren't great. Aren't great, yeah. A few, like, I feel like Hestia Hest- didn't really do anything wrong. Literally the only one I might go and dive in and see, and maybe just because she's not yeah. mentioned. Are you gonna cancel her? And find the find tea dirt on, and cancel her. Find her old tweets of her being racist <laughs> to cancel her. Yeah. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to some lightning bolt questions? Yes. <clears throat> Sorry. Are you ready for some lightning bolt questions? Yes, indeed. Okay, this one that I came up with. If you had to get, like, a full quote tattooed on you by a harpy, oh has to be by a harpy, what, what <laughs> quote would you choose? Um, I would probably choose a, a song that I like. Yeah. Which is a good question on what that would be. I would try to choose an artist that I'm not super attached to, but I like mm. the song of. Because if the artist ends up being like problematic or gets canceled yeah. later, I don't want that to be a big thing. So I don't know. I'd have to find a song and get like a lyric tattoo. I know. I think I would. Now I know what I'm going to get tattooed. I had to talk it out loud for a bit. Okay. Um, I would choose Saturn sleeping at last. Mm. And I would get the quote. Um, let me look up the lyrics so I can get it right. Basically, um, with a shortness of breath, I'll try to explain the infinite and how rare and beautiful it is. It, it, it truly is that we exist. Ooh. That's like cute. Something cute. Something small. Yeah. It's like not small, but it's like something I know. That's that not I'll, small. That's actually pretty wordy. Yeah. That's pretty wordy, <laughs> but it's not like some like Mark Twain quote that's gonna like haunt me for the rest of my life. That's and, like, true. Unless I've missed some news, and don't tell me if I have. I don't want to know. I don't think sleeping at last, like Ryan O'Neill's going to hopefully commit any war crimes in the future. So. <laughs> Would be unhappy <laughs> having. We're jumping all the way there. I know all the way there. I don't. Wouldn't be unhappy having it on my body. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I speak like someone who I have no tattoos, so I do piercings. I don't have <laughs> tattoos, so yeah, um. that's fair. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I'm like I feel like I'd want like if I did a lyric, I'd want a Taylor Swift one, but like I also don't know that I have a particular lyric that would be like fun to have on my body yeah <laughs> like they'd be like i don't know sad but the quote that i would i don't know that i want this quote but i might want like an object that symbolizes it from uh the haunting of hill house the rest is confetti i love oh, that whole monologue one. but i love that particular quote mm-hmm. and i don't but i don't know what confetti tattooed would look like it would look like squares <laughs> <laughs> why do you have pixels on your body I know I'm, I'm I'm becoming a sim. That's why, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's that's like my favorite quote probably. I feel like I'm picking a senior quote for my yearbook. I know my I. Do you like your senior quote? Do you remember what it was? No. It was uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> no cause is lost if there's but one fool left to fight for it. It was said by Orlando Bloom. I think that's why I chose it. That's kind of cute, though. Mine's just some Marilyn Monroe it's cute. quote. I googled quotes. Oh, really? Yeah. It had nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, that me. sounds funny. Yeah. I think they rejected one of the quotes that I wanted. I think it was like, oh. I think it was a Lincoln Burglar ignoring me. I'm really glad that also is not <laughs> of course forever it was. immortalized. <laughs> well, remember in the book we wrote? <laughs> we used to start every chapter with a quote. <laughs> And it was, your chapters were always Lincoln Park quotes, <laughs> and mine were always Taylor Swift lyrics. Oh, God. <sighs> well, we did one book, we did one book where we did, like, normal <laughs> quotes, and then we did one book, because we did so many mm. fucking books, and one book that was only song lyrics. That's true. And that was, like, was when was I went a little bit too hard on the Taylor Swift. Well, the second book was also the most depressing for no reason. I think it was because it was like a yeah. junior year of high school and we both had like depression, you know, being 17, yeah. 16, 15, 16 is hard. Yeah. 
And then mm-hmm. um, the last one was, again, book quotes, I think. And so I think it was just so. like me Googling a or lot movie, of, yeah. like, yeah, a movie or something like that. It was just like mo- good movie quotes about, and then I'd insert the plot and find of my chapter and find yeah. it. Maybe that's where you got your senior quote. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Like on Pinterest, 100%. I love that. All right. Uh, I also came up with this one because I, couldn't fu- I didn't see any questions that were, like, relevant to these chapters. Uh, would you rather have to, like, kill your friend <laughs> as a zombie? Like, if they came back to life? Okay, so let's say you and your friend, one of you gets zombied, comes back as a zombie. Would you rather be the zombie, or would you rather be the human who has to kill their zombie friend? I'd rather be the zombie. I think, <laughs> so I think one of them is a bit more selfish than the other, but for different... Both of them are selfish for different reasons, and I'm mm. selfish for different reasons. So if you are the human, and you have to kill your zombie friend, that's like, you get to be a human, but you have this trauma of having to kill your friend. But the selfishness mm. of... The other one is that you don't have to deal with killing your friend consciously, but you are also a zombie mm. that is going after and killing your friend. Yeah. So I personally think yeah. I would rather just like black out. And I've always personally wanted to die before Envy and I have ever loved. But so that um, um, oh. becoming mm. back as a zombie would make me feel better on the inside, even though I'm, mm. maybe I'm murdering a lot of people, but it's not my fault. I'm a zombie. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'd rather be the human because I'm scared of, be- like, I'm, I'm scared of zombies. <laughs> okay. I just, I, I, you know, like, the germs of it all, like, I don't like the whole, I don't want it You're to infect dead. me. But yeah, the, but so you the moment me? when you get infected, <laughs> because of the moment when I get infected. <laughs> you and, like, I feel like that would be, like, just kill me. No, that's if you're a zombie. Only if you're a zombie, it's to save you. You don't want to be like that, you know? You don't know me. You don't know Unless there was true. a cure. If there was, you're like, I actually really crave brains every day of my life. It's actually a cultural experience. <laughs> Not letting me experience my zombie culture. My Not letting me feast culture. on your brain. Yeah, I've actually... I don't know. I don't think I'd really want to do either. I know. Just, like, being a zombie sounds really awful. It does. It's kind of That might be, like, top top worst, like, apocalypse scenarios. You know, we get zombies. What else is there? Um, war? <laughs> <laughs> so the, what, the what's, like, the, the dystopian tropes? Well, it's plague. War. Oh, like, oh, I think, like, bombs are pretty scary, too. Yeah, I mean, like death and destruction nuclear... is, like, universally yeah. frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. Climate change. By the UN. <laughs> the UN will try you. Climate change. Well, that one is, is scary, but it's Like, happening. natural disasters, I guess, is, like, the big one. It's, like, See, what but is it? Those don't scare me as much because they're... Okay, they still scare me, but they're not, like, human-run, you know? Like, war so and zombies like it... are, like, humans and disease it's like humans make it worse well humans also make the natural disasters worse but like i like you know i'm like good for her to mother earth for fighting respect it yeah i get that i I can respect it it doesn't feel personal you know yeah whereas like if you became a zombie and you happen to be near me i'd be like this is this is personal I'm gonna make sure if I become a zombie, I seek you out. They're gonna be like, that zombie hasn't okay. eaten Thank any you. brains. And I'm just like, booking it down I-5 to your house. <laughs> I'm like, you're just a, you're gonna be disappointed. I'm gonna ring brains. your doorbell. Aw, <laughs> oh, this brain had depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sour. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what's going on with this episode. <laughs> Anyways, <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> All right, what is your worst <laughs> public speaking experience? Is my question. Oh, honestly, I don't know that I have any really bad ones. Mm. Um, not that I like public. I don't like public speaking, and I've definitely like. I'm trying to think if I've like choked on anything. 
tripped on anything. Um, sometimes when I'm in front of crowds, I did, I have noticed, like, one time I was at an event speaking and, like, my leg just starts shaking and I'm like, I'm not actually nervous, but my body is nervous. Mm -hmm. But you, people don't notice that if I'm, like, behind a podium. Okay. I feel like I've done embarrassing things, but I've just played it off as, like, haha, I'm so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny and cute, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 I, I don't mind public speaking. I, it's never made me nervous, which, mm -hmm. but I, I will say there was a time, I feel like when we were either in high school or middle school, I was really tired and I was giving a speech mm. and I was watching the girl, like already, I'm like already upset to be in my body and exist as a teenager, but I was watching the girl in front of like sitting in the front and her face was like getting more and more confused as i was talking and i didn't realize <laughs> i know i was like okay i was like i didn't realize i had switched over to canada and was speaking <gasps> oh that's but so barely, interesting very barely which i don't do it's not very like it's only when like i'm around my family i automatically switch over yeah. and it's really hard for me to switch back just because i like i cannot speak to my mother in english it makes me feel wrong um mm -hmm. But, like, I think my brain, I was just, like, on autopilot, and it was, like, what, 6.30 in the morning, whatever time they make us mm. exist in high school, and I just was, like, talking about yeah. something, and I just, like, switched over. I don't think it was a noticeable for anyone else, but I just, like, I noticed it, and she noticed it, and I was just, like, oops. That's I'm so I'm sure she was, like, that, is that a word I don't know? And I was just, like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she just thought she was dumb. I mean. And she didn't know a word. I mean, she didn't <laughs> know the word, so... She wasn't already the smartest person in the classroom, mm. I will say. So yeah. I yeah. was like, a poor thing was probably like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> she knows so many SAT <laughs> vocab words. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, sorry for the weird episode. It's weird energy here today. The content wasn't that. Well, it no. was. The tattoo parlor bit was odd. It was a little intense. It set the tone, set the tone <laughs> yes. in a certain way. Oh, man. Well, well <laughs> we're going to be coming back next week with chapters 13 through 18 of the Tyrant's Tomb. Maybe see a tomb. There's a lot of dead bodies. I'm going to say that word so many times. I know. Tomb. Tomb. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on <laughs> Patreon and uh, link is in the episode description as well as the link to send us an audio message our social media is at camp pod our email is camp at gmail.com you can message us on email or in the social if you want to join our discord don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen with your wonderful ears <laughs> bye <laughs>